This is Weird Religion, a podcast for people who know religion is weird but love it anyway. My name is Brian Doak. I'm a professor and biblical scholar, and I'm cold. <laughs> it's cold in so here. So freezing. It's cold in here. Um, my name is Leah Payne. I'm a historian, author, professor, and Moira Rose enthusiast. I wish I knew who that for was. Those who know. In this episode, we're celebrating the end of the school year by having a conversation about teaching evals and maybe just internet review culture in general. It's that time of year, the time when academics get yelled by their students and say all kinds of crazy negative things about their professors that have literally nothing to do with the class. Students are critiquing my behavior at the grocery store. Why does Dr. Payne wear black all the time? Is this a funeral? Those are actually, you know, that's a quote from a teaching <laughs> eval right there. And they're not even the worst ones. Join us as we dish about religion and review culture today on Weird Religion. Join us. Join us. My opening question for you is, what is the absolute worst thing? No, no, no. Not the, what's the worst thing that a student has said to you? What got under your skin in a teaching eval? So for those who don't know, at the end of classes in most American universities, mm -hmm. students get to anonymously mm -hmm. give feedback on the course. Well, and really all reviews are like this, right? Like even if someone reviews your book, like on Amazon, I have negative book reviews of some of my books on Amazon. <laughs> like you don't know who these people are. You right? don't even know if they read the book. Oh, and sometimes it's absolutely you can clear just, that they have not. Like people just go trolling. Yes. It's trolling is yes. what it is. Um, the, you know, the one thing, it, it, it fails to get under my skin now, but I remember being very upset by it. Some years ago, there's only one student in the history of all the reviews that I've had and I've had lots of reviews, lots of positive reviews, weird reviews, some negative reviews. Oh yeah. We're both on um, rate my professor. Oh yeah. You we can read reviews. publicly. Yeah, you can see. <laughs> I, you know, the, 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 okay. Two things. One thing that gets under my skin is when students say in, in evals, and by the way, for, for, for professors, you, those of you listening out there who teach, you know, this evals go on your, they're like part of a permanent <sighs> university record. Okay. This is my right. pet peeve. This is my pet peeve like, because I have really big problems with how we assess courses, as you know, yeah. because poor Brian has listened to my soapbox <laughs> many times about Every how biased these reviews are. Right. And yet it is directly um, tied to most professors pay and advancement. Well, yeah. And, and even though we know, so it's like documented that students are super biased in their responses. Yep. And then like how you advance or not advance yep. in your career is tied to this. And, you know, 18 year olds, 18 to 22 year olds, well, any students of any age aren't sometimes aren't sensitive to that fact. Well, you know, I, yeah, I mean, student evals become a part of your teaching portfolio Ugh. that like when people are reviewing you internally in your institution, they can just look at them and just cherry pick stuff. It's crazy. I've actually yes. never had that done to me. I believe our colleagues are so much better than oh, to sure, ever do that. Sure. People have been very generous. I have heard stories. Okay. But my, my answer to your question, yes. what got under my skin? What got under my skin or what gets under my skin are two. Well, I'll, I'll give a broad theme and then a specific thing and then I'll kick it back to you. Okay. Broad theme. When students say I said things that I just did not say, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like just saying, well, he's always saying, and then they say something and that then I you're said. Like, and I'm like, I've never said that. Literally the thing you said, I said, I never said. Yeah. And it's like, oh, boy. I know I, I talk a lot. I say a lot of things, but I, 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 there are some things, you know, you definitely know whether you said it or not. <laughs> yes. And for someone to say, you said a thing that you didn't say. It's like, it's just, 
a maddening. The, that, that's a general thing. Um, right. I, I can't think of any of the things they said I said that I didn't say, but I just, I remember people doing that. And I'm just like, what? Like, what universe are you in? Like, yeah, that's you just super making, frustrating. well, and it tells you what a, it's, it's like review culture is part of this like fantasy emotional world where it's not really so much about what happened. It's just like, it's kind of like a weird concoction of like how you felt with maybe like dreams that you had with like an experience <laughs> and an inner truth you were trying to convey. Right, right. The other thing was that I had one student, no one else has ever done this. Um, it was definitely a religiously motivated review where a student really, I think without any irony or joking, like said that they thought I was like satanic. <laughs> like, like that I was satanic. <laughs> <laughs> that I was so funny. satanically influenced and motivated. Oh, sad. Like an instrument of the devil, like the horned pitchfork wielding oh, king no, of no, hell. Oh, no, 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 Like that's what that I was, was doing. You. That, that was, was me. you. And it's like, come on. <laughs> like, so it got under my skin because it's just like so over the top, but I believe that the person actually did believe it. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, that brings up a whole host of concerns. concerns. <laughs> yeah, I just, a legion of concerns, a legion of concerns, if you will, inside yeah. Bible joke. What, what, wink, wink. What about you? Um, what, what's What's gotten under your skin in terms of evals? Oh, well, this is like kind of a one of those things that's just low-key irritating to me. And it there's no way around it mm. that anytime I've ever taught a class, there'll be one student who says one particular component of the class mm -hmm. just absolutely did not work for them. The worst the, should be eliminated. Should be. Why do you even have this on this course? <laughs> and then the other, another student will I say the exact opposite thing. And so, I mean, I, I sort of live with the tension. Mm. And when a student will speak with me with face to face, yep. I will say something like, yeah, you know, it's so hard as a teacher. You know, and so here's something that I think is just so funny. So I teach a lot of ministers because I also teach in a seminary mm -hmm. context. Mm -hmm. And you'd think that pastors of all people would be sensitive to this, right? Because they are constantly lampooned. Are you going to say that they're not sensitive to this? Well, <laughs> you know, most of my students are super kind, actually, like yeah. the vast majority. Well, this is a great paradox of leadership, though, isn't it? Like you must do the thing that you must not do. Yeah. So, like so how, what? yeah, it, it's, it's confounding. I mean, I think <laughs> there's, there are ongoing points of irritation. Like students are perpetually talking about my looks or like what thing I wear. And I know now, that my male colleagues do not experience okay, that. Okay. Now look, now I asked Dr. Payne to <laughs> curate just a couple of reviews, actual student reviews that might be enraging, might be funny, but definitely not positive, not humble bragging, but negative reviews. Yeah. Did you did you do that? Yeah, there are two central complaints of okay, so I will say I have some you know, too, by the way. I'm not gonna leave you hanging out of to course, dry there. Of course, I've got yeah. I've got my own. So I'm just gonna give you like the two the blanket things. Yeah. Well, right. no, 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 there are three. Okay. One is she talks too fast. Like, why do you talk so quickly? Which is funny because they've obviously never taken a class with Brian Doak. Because uh, you are also a fast talker. Well, I now have a response to students and I tell them this at yeah. the beginning of my classes okay. when I'm teaching solo. Yep. Head off the criticism at the pass. I do. Preemptive. And I say that, and this is true, somebody did a study, and I can't remember who, of the fastest talkers in the nation. And mm -hmm. in this great nation, mm -hmm. Oregonians are the fastest talkers. Boom. And so I say, you know, I'm so sorry, but if this is a, you know, I'm sorry, I know that I can speak quickly. I have a different explanation for talking quickly, which is, you know, there's a deep thought, like one of those deep thoughts by Jack Handy, which uh -huh. says, 
My nephew once asked me if the equator was a real line around the earth or just an imaginary concept. I laughed and laughed and just kept laughing and walked out of the room and hoped he would forget because I didn't know. That is so <laughs> So funny. why do I talk so fast? Maybe I just hope that people will just kind of like, kind of get in the vibes, but not really pay too much attention to the words. Well, what are the things, <laughs> because I, I made a joke. I, I actually am really concerned, deeply concerned, as I know you are, yeah. with providing like a really accessible space of in course. the classroom. Of course, of course. And so- I, I actually feel so bad about that when I hear I those kind of comments. I don't, and th- I don't think I'm talking. Things. You don't think you're talking too fast while I you're doing know. it. You, know? you get excited you about get excited. what it is you get ex- you're talking about. Students, students, one thing you got, you got to know about your professors is that we're excited. We get excited about ideas. I know, ideas. it's That's true. The and then all of a sudden, and I get caught up in the moment and I've tried to slow down. In fact, I, I did these little course videos where I was like making a concerted effort yeah. and then I would lose my train of thought. You're like, this is too slow for it me. It did not work very very well. So anyway, okay, that's so one thing. somebody says she talks too she fast. She talks too fast. Yeah. Other like they don't like my personality. Okay. Yeah. So like I'm too enthusiastic about things. Do you have that any they like, find? Do you have any specific? Yeah. Examples? One one uh, student was like, "You're talking about okay here. You're talking about all of these depressing things like plagues and <laughs> colonialism. <laughs> that's what they said. And why do you seem happy about it? And here's the oh, thing. those are the words of the review. <laughs> You're yeah. talking about plagues. And well, and you, you know what? Happy. So I, I'm not trying to be happy about it at yeah. all. I can what see I, a meme with like your picture and just like words like plagues with like an exclamation point. Colonialism and like I you know. like looking really happy. What I'm trying to do in my defense. Yes. Okay. This is my intention. And I recognize that the intention is not always, you know, the of outcome. Course, course. But my intention is to be like, look, all these, all these things from the past are are really connected to our present. Mm-hmm. And there is something kind of exciting about connecting those big ideas. It's about the ideas. It's about the story. <laughs> yeah. It's about the learning. So I'm not saying that I'm like excited about plagues. Or that you want a plague to or happen. Or colonialism. Or colonialism. At or all. I'm not excited those about those things. I'm just saying that like, can't you see how our present is informed yeah. by the past? Right. And that comes across in some sort of weird way. No, I get me it. me being happy about mass death yep. and domination. I had a student write a review. This wasn't when I queued up the exact words, but they're like, why do you seem most excited when you're talking about like genocide in the Bible in the book of Joshua? And it's like, okay. I'm not excited about like, genocide. It's like, no, I'm not excited about genocide, you weirdo. Like <laughs> I'm, I was getting excited, like talking about the intellectual challenge of the text, and, you know, just <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Okay. What else? What else have they said about um, you? A lot of things about uh, my appearance. And then also this is, and this one like cuts deep is yeah. they don't like it when I talk about pop culture. Talk, give us an example of that. So I co-taught a class with a woman. This was back in, back in the day, mm-hmm. way before the, the plague days mm-hmm. where we taught in, in-person classes mm-hmm. and we talked a lot about The Bachelor in that class. Okay. And the student said, look, I really like both of these professors, but, and this was one of those classes where we were reading ancient texts mm-hmm. and we were comparing them to the bachelor. Mm-hmm. And they were like, what does, no offense, but what does the bachelor have to do with Seneca? And I was like, <sighs> Everything, you don't know, next question. I cannot explain it. Yeah. I can't even yeah. explain it to you. So students don't like that. And I have to be kind of sensitive because I actually really enjoy pop culture stuff and not all students. Sure. Some students were raised like, abstaining from mm. pop culture sure and so i abstain i abstain from the bachelor for my own well, reasons sad yeah <laughs> i haven't watched it in a while but it's kind of jumped the shark let's just say yeah probably probably um, but those were in the the height that yeah. like the, the oh, height of the, the bachelor okay what about you give me some of your worst uh okay 
Um, let me uh, find them here. Oh, here we are. Um, yeah, like I, th- I think here's here's one that somebody wrote, which okay, it's, <laughs> quote: If we needed clarification, Professor Doak wasn't there to help. I didn't like how Professor Doak sent out a tweet with the shark eating the girl jumping off the diving board as, quote, encouragement, unquote, for studying for the test. (laughs) There was nothing encouraging about that. Okay. She's referring to the fact that I had a big class one time. He or she. I don't know if it was a male or female. Okay. But um, I'm the person is referring to the fact that I sent out. There was like one of those like spliced together gifts, which has like, and it was like, an Olympic diver getting ready, 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 jumping. And then they jump in and they splice it together in such a brilliant way that a shark, it looks like a shark is coming up out of the ocean and eating the person who dove. <laughs> and I think I did send that to the class. I think it was clearly a joke. We were using Twitter for the class, which was a disaster, by the way. Oh, yeah. Don't try to use Twitter for teaching. And if you did and it worked, please shoot me a note and tell me how you pulled Ooh, that yeah, off. Oh, yeah, that's a good that's a good question. Because students hated it. We, we were, it, I, I was probably using it in all the wrong ways, including, I guess, sending them this on the Twitter page. <laughs> that was apparently a problem. I think that's somebody. great. Um, yeah, so there was that. You have kind of, you you enjoy like absurdism. I do, like I do. Like Twin Peaks. I, and I'm not, you know, I think the thing is like, I'm not as mean. I think students, one theme is like, students think I'm mean, I'm sarcastic, I'm domineering. I don't feel in my heart that I'm like that. <laughs> No, you can't help that you're tall. You know, I think that some of exactly. that has to do with just your exactly. physical presence. You know, I was watching some old historical political videos the other day, taking, uh-huh. taking a journey back into American history. And I saw a video of Ronald Reagan responding to the Iran-Contra affair from the Oval Office. <gasps> and Ronald Reagan said this. Um, quick, quick recap, Iran-Contra affair. I, I'm not super. <laughs> uh, um, we apparently, um, you know, involved it like a top general and there was all this kind of stuff and there were hostages and all this stuff. And Ronald Reagan said, as part of his address, he said, he said, you know, I, I did not feel in my heart that what I was doing was trading weapons to an enemy in exchange for hostages. But even though that's, it seems I like did. the facts yeah. have said otherwise, <laughs> which I think is so funny. It's like, he's saying he didn't feel in his heart. He was doing the, that thing. is the most like evangelical way so, of saying like, so maybe, <laughs> so maybe I'm being like a Reagan esque evangelical by saying, I don't feel in my heart that I'm mean and domineering, but everyone in my classes seems to that's think that that's true. true. That's not so true. So I don't know. Um, when I teach online, people tend to see me as very friendly, which I think goes to your point that it may be a physicality thing, like mm-hmm. because I'm tall and because of my physicality in the room, people feel like it's, it's too much, like it's too excitable or something. Also, I think it's worth noting. So something that you have brought to my attention is that we are sort of obsessing about the, the negative comments Yes. when in reality, they're actually in a small percentage oh. of the comments oh, of overall. Course. Oh, of course. And you brought my, brought to my attention that this is like a human tendency. Oh, I, I want to, I want to, um, I, in fact, I want to talk to you about some research here, Please. turning it a little scholarly. Uh, can I read one more of mine though? What my favorite one? Yes. My just quote, one, one, one more. Um, Brian, this was, by the way, this was in response to a class I taught on the ancient Israelite prophets. Okay. So it was like, it's very emotional class. I did a lot of crazy stuff in there. We did, <laughs> we had some deep conversations. Yeah. Okay. Brian, you seem depressed and that sometimes comes through in your teaching. <laughs> I don't get the sense that you care about your students outside of an academic setting. One time I saw you at a checkout stand. We were standing together, but you just looked at your phone the whole time. 
Someone literally wrote that in an email. I had, by the way, that I had, is the funniest. Story. I had, I had actually had a, I had a, a spine like a lower back disc problem oh, during that class. I was no. on medication. I was having one of the worst times of my life physically. Oh, during, this was no. in 2013, and so yeah, I was a little depressed, and yeah, it came through <laughs> in my teaching. Has anyone been in chronic pain and thought you would never emerge from oh it before? Has anyone ever felt like that? <laughs> like, yeah, it affects the way that you do things. I'm laughing. Thanks for pointing that out, student. And then the grocery store. How do I know uh, they're behind me at the grocery store? I'm supposed, what am I supposed to be doing? Well, he, what, what am I supposed to the do? The thing that makes me laugh so hard about that, and it's laughing out of empathy. It's not laughing yeah. at you. It's more laughing with it's you okay, because- it's okay. Do Whatever you remember that scene from the movie Mean Girls where, <laughs> where Tina Fey is playing- um, a high school teacher, kind mm -hmm. of a put upon high school teacher. And at one point she runs into her students at the mall and mm -hmm. you can tell that she's a bartender mm -hmm. because she's got like one of those <laughs> um, vests with buttons and stuff on it. Oh yeah. And it's this really awkward moment between student and teacher. Mm -hmm. And I, what I'm trying to say is at that moment, you were the Tina Fey. Okay. I have been Tina Fey yeah. at the grocery store many times, like yeah. especially during the pandemic. In your sweatpants. Totally. Trying to wear like dark totally. glasses and like a headscarf. And I don't so, want the like, students to... like looking at what I'm buying. Yeah. Like I, yeah. you know, it's my personal life. Um, So I'm, I'm team professor <laughs> on that one because what are you supposed to do when they run, when you run into them? Because I know how I felt about my professors yeah. and they occupy this kind of larger oh, than life uh, of course. space. It should be only be true in middle school, but it just goes up through high school. It is even true in college. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah. what if I have in my cart 37 one pound packs of ground beef? So what, what do you care what I'm doing with 37 of them? What's that to you? And just cereal. It's totally true. That's <laughs> my own thing. It's my it's own totally problem true. that I have. It's me and not you. And that's just life. Okay. Now, research tells, here's something that, yeah. here's some research to console us, okay? And to console everyone out there as they, re, even you could even apply this to if you're reading reviews for your small business out there, for your podcast, whatever, whoever, yes. whatever you are. Um, a, a couple of things that, are, that I, th I think are just important to note. One is that there's this thing called negativity bias. Our brains are wired to pay attention to negative information in a scene that we're in. That's we're, true. We're, we're creatures, we're, we're, we're survival creatures, you know? We're, so we're always looking for the threat. We're always looking for, for the threat. Um, you know, I'm reading here from a Psychology Today article, um, Our Brain's Negative Bias, um, quoting, nastiness just makes a bigger impact on our brains. It's just true. And they're like, you know, they're talking about some, some studies um, at, from an Ohio State University professor now at the University of Chicago showed people pictures known... Uh, this, this professor showed people pictures known to arouse positive feelings like a Ferrari or a pizza and those certain to stir up negative feelings, a mutilated face or a dead cat, and those known to produce neutral feelings, a plate, a hairdryer, and then recorded electro electrical activity in the brain. The brain reacts more strongly to negative things. There's a surge in electric uh, electrical activity in the brain when you see negative things and the positive stuff just doesn't match it, which is why, oh, and this is, this is a little, a little, a little kickback to, um, to, to my wife's profession, she's a therapist and uses um, sometimes, um, you know, the materials of, of the Gottmans there, um, Dr. Gottman's the, the world famous marriage therapist. And mm -hmm. they say, actually, for you couples out there, here's a little couples therapy tip. One, the number of negative interactions you have with your loved one does not actually determine whether you are happy in your relationship. You could have a thousand negative interactions a week. That's super interesting. But you know what you do have to have? You have to have five positive interactions for every negative interaction. It's like five or eight, some number like that. Wow, it's, it's the, so low. It's the ratio. Yeah. So you can have like a horrible experience with your spouse as long as you have 
eight really good ones that same day. Interesting. And you overwhelm it, but it's not one-to-one. It's not like, oh, as long as you do a good thing, it, it overcomes the bad. No, yeah. it doesn't. It's like you have to do many more good things to overcome a bad thing. Negativity bias. So, you know, Dr. Payne, as I happen to know, is an extremely popular teacher, has has sky-high reviews, but your, your eyes are always going to go toward that one where they're like critiquing the clothes that you wear, you know, or the way that you look or something, which is, you know, it's funny. I don't really get those kind of comments from oh, students. Oh, interesting. I, I don't know. Yeah, you know. <laughs> is it because I look a certain way or are our students really attracted to talking about females in a particular way on emails? Right. You know, okay, so this is the, the long-term frustration that I have with assessment. Yeah. Um, as <laughs> poor Brian has been the recipient of much of my like soapboxing because there's not really anyone for me to tell this to. Um, but professors can always understand the struggles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have because um assess there's there's a there's this professor who I follow, a person named Eric Gilbert, who mm-hmm. has written extensively mm. against assessment oh. for the things like industry um, oh, he's written like on the Chronicle. He's written on the Chronicle in our higher field, education. yeah. Inside yeah. Higher Ed yeah, Chronicle yeah. for Higher Education. I actually sent him a fan note once. We like you, Eric. Yeah, I, I was like, you're yeah. our hero. <laughs> you sent him a fan note. Did he respond to the totally. fan note? Totally, he was oh. super nice about it. Okay. He was like, thank you. I'm not weirded out by this at all. Yep. Um, but basically, because because assessment um, in our industry is known to be all of the isms mm-hmm. toward the professor. So mm-hmm. it's racist, it's sexist, right. it's... Um, ages assessment meaning how do we measure whether students are learning in a particular yeah. class yeah and so the way that most um at least in humanities courses religion mm-hmm. courses for sure mm-hmm. is it, it usually gets done with this very simple mm-hmm. like what is it a likert scale mm-hmm. where you have five yeah. you know one to zero five. didn't like it at all five loved it yeah and and so um it it leaves a lot to be desired in terms of a measuring student learning mm-hmm. b um, measuring like the quality of the teaching, mm-hmm. but what it does illustrate is a lot of biases the students have. So then the question is why, why do we use it to like mm-hmm. evaluate the, the professor? Anyway, I could go on and on and on about that. <laughs> but one of the things that I want to bring up to you and I want to ask you about yeah. to get your take on it is that it's certainly true that people take this mentality, this mm-hmm. sort of, I would say like a very, it, it it presumes that the student is the customer, that the right. the um, university is the provider or right. the the um, business, mm-hmm. and that kind of mentality definitely plays out in religious contexts. Mm-hmm. Like if we looked up uh, reviews, Yelp reviews of any kind of religious organization in the states, I'm sure we would find. Oh yeah. Oh, and abroad, but like I'm sure we would find. Just the most ridiculous things that people say that have no, pretty oh, much nothing to do. I mean, the review culture, there, there, there's something to be said here about what the internet has really done for questions of authority and power, which are yes. deep, deeply religious questions, of course. But like I found two pages that I thought might entertain you Please. on this front that I will share with you now for the first time to get your hot take. Number one, I found a page. You, you, I'll tell you these titles. You tell me which one you want to d- dive into first. <laughs> Bad Yelp reviews of churches are as hilarious as you'd expect, number one. Oh, interesting. Another one is an Instagram page I just followed called Subpar Parks. Real negative reviews of national parks. Apparently, America's best idea wasn't that great. That is and they so give, funny. And this person does like this really beautiful, like kind of cartoon illustrative artwork of the parks yeah. with like the bad quotes overlaid on top of them. It's it's hilarious. I love that so much. Okay, which one? Which one? Do you want to hear? Oh, I I already you sh- you shared it with me, and I clicked on the church one because I am. 
super into it. Yep. Um, so, you know, just, uh, you know, some of this stuff is, is joking. Like here's a, a review of Trinity church in Manhattan. Someone says, quote, according to the movie national treasure, there's supposed to be a ton of treasure under the church, but I couldn't find it. Mah. Movies are always real and truthful. I must not be looking hard enough. Mah, 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 yelp, yelp. Other people are like the bells are annoying. That sounds very true to life because in, in many religious communities, people complain about stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like bells. Here's one review. Um, Marlissa, Marlissa A says, honestly, one of the worst masses I've ever been to. Boring, uninspired, sloppy, and irrelevant. That's so mean. Um, I love how mean people can get. I mean, it's it's actually really hard to hear. Here's a review of the cemetery outside of Trinity Church in Manhattan. Many of the names in the tombstones have faded away, and that makes me sad. I hope they keep records of who is in whatever spot they're in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that just all of a sudden fills you with a sort of like, dread. Oh, how about this one? Here's one of a Lutheran church in Brooklyn. Um, quote, this church was once a sacred sanctuary the community would embrace and it felt like a second home to many. Local bands, theater groups, and clothing swaps kept the vibe upbeat and positive. God was the foundation of this church and the members would support one another during times of joy. As well as hardship, then everything went downhill. The new groups that came in were incredibly disrespectful of what worship in a holy sense actually (gasps) meant. The floodgates opened and these, quote, artists tried to be, quote, edgy and wanted to create controversy and ended up driving this once beautiful space into the ground with malicious intent. My heart is heavy that Messiah has become just another soulless generic space in (gasps) hipster land. Okay. Have you ever seen the show Rev? No. It is a British show and it's about a Church of England priest. It is hilarious. Mm-hmm. But um there's this one really funny episode where this charismatic evangelical mm-hmm. Church of England church comes and basically like takes over their traditional mainline space mm-hmm. and all of those things happen and it's very funny. They have like a juice bar and a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend that show, Rev. It feels a little too realistic if you've ever been a part of a minister's household. But what, <laughs> one thing that I want to ask you about. Yeah is this question of authority just like yes eats at my brain because on the one hand like the Yelp culture I can see a purpose for it mm-hmm. in the sense that anyone can say anything mm-hmm. so if you need like a whistleblower right. for example like right. There's a positive aspect to, I was just complaining about how students complain anonymously <laughs> but <laughs> on the other the end on the other end like, if if there are lots of instances where professors have been like cruel and mm-hmm. abusive toward their students mm-hmm. and they shouldn't be, so there should be an outlet should be where an outlet. voices can be heard. Totally. There should be an outlet for sure where like people in religious communities can be like where where people can have access to like public information. But what's fascinating to me is this authority crisis between the Yelpy kind of culture. Yep. And then I don't even know if that's a word, but yeah, we'll like review culture. Yelp was the original. Maybe Yelp's not even as popular anymore, but it's, it's, everyone knows what Yelp is and what they did. <laughs> and then like, we the know what structure. you did, Yelp. So the structure of a university, yeah. the structure mm-hmm. of any kind of religious um, organization, the, the, the way that like who has the ability to say what plays out? Well, and obviously this, this became an issue. I know there was quite a little row on Twitter and on, and on the socials some years ago when, um, you know, there was a, a, a scholar or a prominent voice had written an article just about this crisis of authority, right? Like right. Uh, with like, say this whole group of very influential, um, female bloggers, um, <laughs> who had, you know, basically they have huge audiences huge Twitter followings and uh-huh. you know, 
um, the question is like, well, who gets to say? And then it, it becomes like about gender because it's like, well, do these women need to be policed in their views or do mm-hmm. they not? And so, you know. I know. And in our <laughs> culture, we have such a fascination with um, like on the one hand, like who who gets authority and how? Right. So we're in the traditional mm-hmm. ivory tower, like mm-hmm. an institution confers mm-hmm. a degree upon you and mm-hmm. that gives you whatever. But of course there are, that's not all there is to it, right. right? We were just talking about how the clothes that you wear, however you are embodied, mm-hmm. like projects a certain sort well, right. sense of authority that students may or may not recognize, that parishioners right. or any kind of religious right. people like may or may not recognize. The, I mean, the church culture I was weaned in largely was a non-denominational one, which was very entrepreneurial. But if you don't belong, I mean, there, you know, there are a lot of these kinds of places, right? And it does raise the question of like, you know, churches used to be part, like all churches were part of like these structures where things, mm-hmm. things were overseen. And so there was no Yelp, you know, you couldn't, you didn't really get to, there was no sense that you get to like say, even say what you think at all. So there's a, there's an amazing empowerment of average people, people like all of us on the internet. Oh, but for sure. It's, it, it's arguably like, I guess one, what you could say, like it's a distorting kind of lens, but then again, it's like, well, is it distorting to hear what people actually think about things? It's like, well, this is really who we are. Like, for example, on this um, National Parks webpage, someone saying about, you know, amazing places, nothing, just rocks. It's like, yeah, they're gorgeous mountains. Or this one, total rubbish is the, um, um, you know, uh, you know, talking about a national park, total rubbish. Oh, yeah. Nobody needs to have seen this lake, Jasper National Park. Like, what? You know, well, like, come on. Right. Okay. So what I love about this is who has the authority to speak truth about something mm-hmm. that is such a nebulous thing right because if you're gonna say i that, that the grand canyon is just like a bunch of rocks yeah. or like yeah. it's just a hole in the world right you're not accurately describing the grand canyon so, right like, someone says here about a national historic preserve on a beach if you just want to walk for miles by yourself on a beach i guess you'd come here yeah, that that doesn't seem like an accurate portrayal of what of the wonder of being oh. on a coastline. Okay, so w- what brought us to this today, oh. friends? Oh. Is not just that it's that time of year. Is that we got our first negative review our, on our podcast? Our podcast. We shouldn't did. even be bringing this up, but I think Leah it's just won't so let it go. Funny. We just have okay, to talk so, about it. So Brian texted me this review. <laughs> Actually, and it was from January. We just didn't see it because we we don't read we things just like don't that. Really, <laughs> Most know. of our, review, our reviews are like sycophantically positive from people we, we know love and you. friends. And we, love you. we love we you. We love you. Thank you for those reviews. Yes, but, but we, there was one. I was like, wait, a, we have a one star review. Yeah, and so Brian sent it to me, and it was really funny because we both had our own kind of responses that I think probably mirror how we digest our own negative yeah. assessment. Yep, <laughs> which is negativity bias. Yeah. So we got it from this Fixate. this um, somewhat anonymous account from Mrs. Mad Maddie. Mad Maddie, Miss Mrs. 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 Mad Maddie. Okay. Yeah, and it, it's not even clear that this person has listened to our podcast because they talk about how we disagree, like why people can't just have civil discussions and disagree. What? Um, which is funny because we are always quite civil and have never really had 
um, like a heated moment. No. So it's not clear that this person. So then, guess what? Was there a guest that we like skewered or something? No. I don't remember any of that. No, we never do. The thing, the closest thing we came to it was that guy who wrote the song about the Leopard King in Revelation. Oh, I love that guy. I know, I do too. And it was loving. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There was like a little bit of you know, haha. Um, but. So what I did, well, what did you do? What was your process? I did nothing. I just read it and I was like, I think it's validating to get negative reviews. Because then you know you're out there in the world. Yeah. No, mixing I, it up. Anybody who listens to the podcast or reviews or anything that we don't know is like not our moms, you know, that's like a victory. That's true. I'm happy Somebody who knows about us and hates us. I'm happy. I'd be really happy for that. That was my process and I kind of stopped. What did, what did well, you, then what you did texted you me. Yeah. And then no, you that's right. Me. That's right. Yeah. So then, so I was like, who is Mrs. Mad Maddie? Oh, you did a little sleuthing? I did a, I did some sleuthing. You couldn't stop. I did. I looked up, these are the things that Mrs. Mad Maddie has reviewed yes. and does not like. Oh, and she writes other negative reviews. Oh, yeah. What does, does not like um, what uh, Chris, oh, shoot, um, Chris Hayes from MSNBC. He's probably hateable. Does we'll not give her, like. Give her a pass on that. Does not like that. Just, this is what Mrs. Mad Maddie says. Just more hypocritical bull trying to make people hate themselves for being born. Well. <laughs> okay. This is a fake intellectual posing as a serious reporter. What a load. That was from one. Um, Mrs. Mad Maddie also doesn't like chocolate cake. Oh, who likes chocolate Gave a cake? recipe on allrecipes.com. Says. Yep. Oh, hold on. Mrs. Mad Maddie. This is supposed to be super thin. Was not. Oh. It goes on and on and on. Yeah. I won't even go on. Okay. Mrs. Mad Maddie also doesn't like um, a true crime podcast. Mm. Also doesn't like another podcast on by from the Washington Post. Mm. Um, Mrs. Mad Maddie just doesn't like a lot of things. Didn't like one podcast because it started with an air horn. Oh. Um, I just went after. I couldn't find a single positive review. Not an amazing move. Well, you know what's funny about that? I, here's another study. Um, f- uh, f- this is um, the the title is five out of five study reveals psychological influences in online reviews. And w- one thing that they found is that when the sooner customers post a review, the more they zoom in on their experience. I'm quoting from oh, the article, okay. focusing on more, on the more concrete aspect, even small da- details and the more negative they are as time increases and they do a review later, reviewers zoom out and have a more positive view. So maybe Miss Mad Maddie's just going around taking little dips into these babies and just giving her hot take right away. Oh, yeah. Well, and that maybe that's something, hopefully this will comfort our friends, mm-hmm. fellow scholars, yeah. who are looking at those reviews and are really frustrated by them. Yeah. If, you're, if your reviewers could, I, I felt like this about classes that I didn't like that really stretched me. Mm-hmm. When I listened, or when I thought about the class years later, mm-hmm. I actually thought that I grew intellectually a lot. Oh, so maybe point. one kind of lens that review, or that professors, if you're in the middle of it, and you're having just a hard time. First, solidarity. Second, mm-hmm. it's entirely possible that five years from now, your students will reflect back on that and write to the university and ask that you be given a raise or tenure. Just oh. kidding. I don't think they're going to do that. But I wish they would for you because we think that you're doing way better than the, your worst review. Can I close with a review on one of my my books on please, Amazon? Please, please. This is on my book, Consider Leviathan, something I labored over in sorrow and in joy for years of my life. It's my favorite book that I've written. Um, my favorite book oh, in the Bible, no. the book of Job. Here's I'm the review. I'm feeling of Here's the review. Foreboding. The review title. It's, it's two out of five stars. The review title, weird. The <clears> review, three words. Strange, strange book. <sighs> <laughs> Hey, thanks for listening, weirdos. We will normalize weirdness. But then it won't be weird anymore. It will. It'll 
will always be weird. For extras on subjects covered in this episode and other related jokes, don't forget to follow us on the socials and visit our website, www.weirdreligion.com. We're doing our own production these days and some of our own musical and voice flourishes, but our official theme music is still and will always be by Cassie Blum. And our album artwork is by John Williams. When you podcast, podcast with us. Bye. Um, Okay, we're recording. Let's just start so it doesn't have to be dramatic. We don't need drama here. This is Weird Religion, a podcast for people who know religion is weird but love it anyway. My name is Brian Doak. I'm a professor, biblical scholar, and I forgot to actually fill this <laughs> in on the like, script. Oh, I'm excited. Dang what it. Gonna say? Dang it, dang it, dang it.